0: Hello humans, welcome back to Unenlightened, I'm Devin and um, yeah, we got more stuff to talk about like we always do, so let's get into it. you guys um caught this but I mentioned about 15 times in the past uh pro-life versus pro-choice episode that I would be doing an episode on fetal development and here we are here it is so um yeah I'm following through on that 12-time promise. So we're gonna, yeah, get into how a fetus develops. And I think it's super important to uh, know the stages of development within a fetus just so you can make an informed decision on what side you fall under, pro-life versus pro-choice. It's a lot of medical stuff. And I am very much a English and history person. So medical is not my forte, but I'm gonna try to get through it um as easy and as simple as possible so you guys can understand what I'm talking about because I don't even really understand what I'm talking about so yeah let's let's just stop in that's really all there is to talk about uh before so as we know the fetus takes a, takes a little bit 9 months to fully develop and uh, be ready to come into the world as their own person so i'm just going to go through kind of the trimesters and what each week looks like. Um, Let's start out with the first trimester, weeks one through weeks 13. So as we covered in pro-life versus pro-choice, you are not pregnant during weeks one and two. Even though they count as your pregnancy, you are not pregnant yet. Weeks one and two, very important to know, you are not pregnant, just so you know. Because of this, conception is usually referred to as two weeks after the start of your pregnancy. So while you might be nine weeks pregnant, this is really only seven weeks after conception. Week three, we got fertilization. This is when the sperm and the egg meet up in one of the woman's fallopian tubes. Um, It forms a single-celled being called a zygote, and a zygote typically has 46 chromosomes, 23 from the biological mother and 23 from the biological father, and these chromosomes help determine the baby's sex and physical traits. So Shortly after fertilization, the zygote moves, moves down the fallopian tube towards the uterus. During this move, the zygote begins to transform into a cluster of cells called a morula, which looks like a raspberry. And that's all in week three when the morula is moving down the tube toward the uterus. That is all during week three. Week four is when we get implantation. This is the dividing and multiplying cells are now known as a blastocyte, a blastocyte. Christ, like something like that. <laughs> the blastocyst, I'm going to say it's a blastocyst. Let's go with that. <laughs> the blastocyst is what burrows itself into the uterine lining. Um and the inner group of cells within the blastocyst become the embryo. The placenta begins to rise in week 4, and the placenta is what nourishes the baby throughout the pregnancy. Super cool. The uh the sperm and the egg have met formed a little cluster of cells, moved down the fallopian tube, and now have implanted in the uterine lining. And this is technically when you are considered pregnant, like officially it is in the uterus and it's going to start growing. Just really important to know that's weeks uh, one through four. Then we move on to week five. This is when the hormone levels increase. So the level of HCG hormones produced by the blastocyst quickly increases. Um, this signals to the woman's ovaries to stop releasing eggs um, and to start producing more estrogen and uh, progesterone. Pro- progesterone. I don't know what any of that means, but this is when your menstrual period will stop and this is when you'll start getting like the first signs of pregnancy. The embryo uh, at week five is now made up of three layers. So the top layer is the ectoderm and this gives rise to the baby's outermost layer of skin, central and peripheral nervous systems, and the eyes and inner ears. Now, just just to explain that a little bit more, just because, um, you know, the skin is starting to develop, the central and peripheral nervous systems is starting to develop, the eyes and inner ears are starting to develop, they are not developed yet. So the baby does not have any eyes, it doesn't have any ears, um, it really doesn't have a layer of skin, it's just kind of an embryo still. The middle layer is the mesoderm, which will form the baby's heart and primitive circulatory system, and the inner layer of cells, the endoderm, is where the baby's lungs and intestines will develop. So everything is kind of starting to develop here, but keep in mind by week 5 is when women will start to suspect they're pregnant and the fetus has not developed anything yet while it's getting ready to it has not developed anything and it is still known as an embryo. Kind of cool facts. Um, Week six is when the neural tube closes. So the neural tube travels along the fetus's back and during this week it'll begin to close. This is where the baby's brain and spinal cord will develop from this neural tube. The heart and other organs are starting to form at week six. As we talked about in Pro-Life v. Pro-Choice, this is when, you know, the Quote unquote heartbeat is detected, but as we covered, that is electrical pulses from a clump of cells that will become the pacemaker for the heart. So the heart's beginning to develop. We're starting to see these electrical pulses. Structures necessary to the formation of um, the eyes and ears will develop. Small buds appear that will soon become the baby's arms, and the baby will start to take on a a C shape. Week seven the fetus's head develops. So five weeks after conception, as we talked about, it's, uh, two weeks less than how long you've been pregnant. So week seven means five weeks after conception, you know, you know, um, so the brain and the face begin to grow, uh, depressions that will become the nostrils become visible and the beginning of the retinas form. So this is when we're starting to see, uh, noses being formed, eyes being formed, ears, uh, starting to develop, but again, they are not fully developed at this stage. The lower limb buds appear that will become the legs, and the arm buds uh, will by now have sprouted to take on the shape of paddles. So week eight is when the fetus's nose forms, and week eight is also when doctors... I found two things, but I'm going to go with week eight. Week eight is when doctors will start referring to the fetus as a fetus and no longer as an embryo. So... Fingers begin to form in week eight. Small swellings develop around the positions of the ears, and these swellings will be the future shell-shaped part of the baby's ears. Um, The eyes begin to become obvious. The upper lip and nose have formed. By the end of week eight, the baby will be about half an inch. For a visual, the baby is half the diameter of a U.S. quarter at week eight. So if you think once again that w- at week eight or any weeks prior, it's a fully formed baby and when a woman goes through with the medical procedure of an abortion, you're picturing a fully formed baby at this stage, that is not correct and you got to keep in mind how small the fetus is at this stage, so... Week nine is when the toes appear, Um, elbows and um, arms appear, toes are visible, and eyelids form. The head is large but still has a poorly formed chin, and um, the baby's length is now the size of the diameter of a US penny. So, picture a penny, draw a line from the top of the penny to the bottom of the penny. That is how big the fetus is by week nine. And we'll get more into this towards the end, but week nine is typically when most abortions take place. So just picture that when you're thinking about, am I pro-life, am I pro-choice? Well, picture that. Week 10 is when the elbows bend. So the head becomes more round, the fetus can now bend their elbows, toes and fingers lose their webbing and become longer, eyelids and external ears are continuing to develop, and the um, umbilical cord is clearly visible. That's week ten. Week eleven is when the baby's genitals develop. Um, I saw that this is officially when they're known as as a fetus, but on WebMD it said eight weeks, so I'm gonna go with WebMD. (laughs) Week eleven is when the genitals develop. Um, The fetus head is still about half the length, half about half of its entire length. Um, Okay, I know what I mean by that. So the fetus head makes up half of how big the fetus is. So it's still extremely small. Um, head is large. Uh, nope, that's week nine. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me quickly. Um, the face is broad in week 11. Eyes uh, widely separate. The eyelids fuse shut. The ears are low set and buds for future teeth will appear. Red blood cells begin to form in the liver. By the end of the week, the external general genital oh my god, this is so hard, this is so medical, by the end of the week, the external genitalia will start to develop into a penis or clitoris and labia majora, yeah. Um, At this point, the fetus is as big as the short side of a credit card. Picture a credit card, look at the short side, that's how big the fetus is. Just saying. Um, week twelve is when fingernails begin to form. The face has more defined features, intestines are now in the fetus's abdomen, and the fetus is the length of the short side of a US dollar bill. Cool cool cool. We just made it through. Um the first trimester. Woo! Go, ice! So now you are entering the second trimester, and this is week 13 through week 27. Um, so at week 13, urine forms. So the baby begins to make urine and releases it into the surrounding um, amniotic fluid. Bones are beginning to harden in the skeleton, especially in long bones and the skull. Um, the skin is still very thin and transparent. Week 14 is when the baby's sex is, um, becoming apparent. Um, so the neck becomes more defined. Red blood cells are forming in the baby's spleen. Sex of the child could show this week. Um, and the baby is now at three and a half inches in length. So this is still, we're still pretty early into the pregnancy. Like the big growth, we'll get to it, but the big growth doesn't really happen until the third trimester. but let's let's keep going. <laughs> Week 15 is when the baby's scalp pattern develops. Bone development continues and will soon be seen in an ultrasound and the hair pattern begins to form in week 15. Week 16 is when the baby's eyes move for the first time. Um, the eyes can start to move slowly. The ears are, uh, are close to forming in their final position. The skin becomes thicker, and a, big, a bit of movement begins. Week 17 is when the fetus's toenails develop, so toenails begin to form, and this is when the fetus will start rolling around and flipping around. So, uh, Week 18 is when the fetus can hear things. So the ears now stand out on the sides of the head The fetus might begin to hear sounds in the womb Eyes are beginning to face forward and the digestive system starts working Week 19 is when the baby develops a protective coating It's called a vernix Oh my god, I can't even A vernix caseosa quesosa, which is a greasy cheese-like coating that protects your baby's delicate skin from abrasions, chaping, and hardening. If the sex is female, the uterus and vaginal canals start forming around week 19. Week 20, we have made it to the halfway point. Um, The movements uh, of the fetus begin to quicken. The fetus will now like regularly sleep and wake up so week 21 um the fetus can now suck their thumb uh the baby is covered with a fine downy hair called lingua and the sucking reflex has developed which allows the fetus to suck their thumb super interesting super cool because it's like a biological instinct to suck because of nipples (laughs) and breastfeeding and it's uh that's really cool um week 22 the baby's hair becomes visible eyebrows and hair are visible brown fat begins to form um the brown fat is the site of heat production and if the fetus is male the testes have begun to descend on week 22. week 23 the fingerprints and footprints form so we got rapid eye movements at week 3. Ridges form in the palms of the hand and the soles of the feet that will create the foundation for fingerprints and footprints. The fetus can now, uh, might begin hiccuping, Uh, which causes uh, jerking movements in the uterus. Week 24, the baby's skin is wrinkled. The skin is wrinkled, uh, translucent, and some shade of pink or red because of visible blood cells in the capillaries. Week 25, the fetus can now respond to your voice. So uh, it might be able to respond to familiar sounds such as your voice uh, and it'll respond with some sort of movement. It spends most of the time in Rapid eye movement and the eyes move rapidly, but eyelids remain closed uh, by week 25. And I did just want to point out, I kind of skipped over it, but doctors believe week 24 is when the fetus. Um, starts to feel pain. We did cover that in Pro-Life v. Pro-Choice. Please go check it out. It has some great information in there if you're curious about this kind of stuff and uh, wondering where you fall on the Pro-Life v. Pro-Choice spectrum. So week 26 is when the fetus's lungs develop. So the lungs begin to produce surf, oh my god, surfactant, the substance that allows the air sacs in the lungs to inflate and keeps them from collapsing and sticking together when they deflate i'm sorry if you can hear text messages coming in i'm sorry i didn't turn off my phone whoops (laughs) um week 27 this is when the second trimester ends um the nervous system continues to mature and the fetus is now gaining fat and starts to look smoother so we are on the last trimester my friends third trimester week 28 through week 40 let's go week 28 the baby's eyes partially open eyelids can partially open and eyelashes have formed the central nervous system starts to direct rhythmic breathing movements and control body temperature the baby is now 10 inches week 9 the fetuses kicks and struts. fetuses can now kick at week 29 they can stretch and they can make grasping movements Don't know what that means if you've ever been pregnant. Let me know what grasping movements are. Always curious to learn. (laughs) Um, Week 30 is when the baby's hair grows. So eyes can now open wide. They have a good head of hair. Um, Red blood cells are forming in the baby's bone marrow. Week 31, baby's rapid weight gain begins. So this is when... Week 31 is when the fetus rapidly grows, like very quickly. So the fetus has finished most of the major developments. Um, and this is when the weight gain begins. And it's extremely quick, like I just said. Week 32, the baby practices Breathing. So, toenails are now visible. Soft, downy hair covers the baby's skin, and the langu <laughs> starts to fall off. That's that um, substance that kind of coats them and keeps their skin from shaping and hardening and stuff like that, um, which developed earlier. I could not tell you what week, but you can go back and find it. I should probably go back and find it, but I don't want to read all the way through that because my notes are very tiny. (laughs) Um, Where were we just at? Red blood cells. uh, Let's just say we're at week 30, so the eyes can now open wide. They have a good head of hair, and red blood cells... Are forming in the baby's bone marrow. Just kidding. We were at week thirty-one. This is when most of the developments are finished and the weight gain begins. So thirty-two. We talked about toenails. I went way too far back. I'm so sorry, um, but it's good to review. It's good to review. So week thirty-two. That's what we were on. The toenails are visible. There's soft downy hair um, covering the baby's skin and the ling. Langu starts to fall off. Langu, whatever. Lang land you go. you go. I don't know what the fuck it's called. That thing. I'm going to blame for being lost for getting myself lost in my notes because I tried to go back up and look for it and then I forgot which week I was on. So, thank you so much. Land you go. <laughs> um, week 33 is when the baby detects light. So uh, the fetus's pupils can change size in response to a stimulus caused by light. Um, the bones are hardening. The skull is soft and flexible. Week 36. What? 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 I'm looking at my notes and I don't have week 34 or week 35. Give me 2.5 seconds. I will be right back. Okay, and we're back. I just pulled up my resource that I used for this and um, quickly wrote down weeks 34 and weeks 35. So, weeks 34 is when the baby's fingernails grow. I feel like there was an earlier week that said this, but we're going to go with it. Um, The fingernails have now reached um, his or her fingertips, and the fetus is now 12 inches. Um, Week 35, the baby's skin is smooth. um, So the fetus's skin becomes smooth and his or her limbs have a chubby appearance. Week 36 is when um, the baby takes up most of the amniotic sac. So the uterus is now packed and you're huge at week 36. Week 37, this is when the fetus might turn head down. Um, and this is because the fetus is preparing for birth and the head starts to descend into your pelvis. Um, I swear to fucking God, I have had, uh, I don't know, let's just go with it. Week 38, the baby's toenails grow. Um, So the circumference of the fetus's head and abdomen are about the same. The toenails have reached the tip of the toes and most of the (laughs) lanugo has been shedded. I have shredded in there, but I know that was supposed to be shedded. So week 39, uh, the baby's chest is prominent. The chest has become more prominent. The testes continue to descend into the script and fat is being added all over the fetus's body to keep the baby warm enough after birth and here we are ladies and gentlemen week 40 the due date is here and it's over birth So that is the development of a fetus, and we got through that really quickly. It was a little confusing at times, um, mainly on my part, but I think there are a few things that we need to kind of talk about. Just to kind of wrap this uh, quick episode up is uh, abortion, of course, because I'm going to tie this into abortion. So these statistics I found uh, are from the CDC, and it's a report that was made in 2019, According to the CDC, 42.9% of abortions take place six weeks or before. 36.4% of abortions take place between week seven and week nine. So in 2019, 79 of all U.S. abortions occurred prior to the 10th week of gestation. 93% occurred prior to the 14th week of gestation. So why don't we go up and take a look on my notes of what the fetus's development looks like at the 10th and 14th week. So scrolling up, the 10th week, as we covered in Pro-Life v. Pro-Choice, that is when the heart is fully, quote unquote, fully developed because the heart continues to develop as the baby goes throughout the pregnancy and after the baby is born, um, which makes a lot of sense because obviously as you grow, you got to have a bigger heart, a stronger heart, whatever. So the heart is always developing, but technically it's somewhat fully developed at week 10. Ten, okay, and that is what was it? Seventy nine percent of all abortions took place before the heartbeat, or the heart, I'm excuse me, was even developed. So ninety three percent took place um, at the uh, fourteenth week mark, or before the fourteenth week mark. So. Week 14 is when the sex becomes apparent. Before then, the sex is not visible. And we covered in week 11 that the genitals develop or begin to develop in week 11. Um, But week 14 is when the sex becomes visible. So this fetus does not have a sex until about the 11th mark to 14th mark. And like I said, most Abortions take place before the 14th mark. And a lot of times you'll hear um, pro lifers argue that um, they have, you know, human DNA, they have the fingerprints. Um, but as we know, the fingerprints actually don't really start developing until week 23, so right before the third trimester. And then, like we said, doctors don't believe that a fetus is aware or conscious of pain and they can't feel it until week 24. And the second trimester ends at week 27. So it's um it's really interesting looking at the fetal development and then how that correlates to when most abortions take place. Um, it is really important to mention that only 1% of all U.S. abortions take place after the 21-week mark, which Um, I mean, it was interesting because when I was doing this fetal development, I do see the other side's point on late-term abortions because there is a point where the fetus in the development starts to become aware and knows what it needs to do next, which is prepare for birth. Um, So there is a point in the pregnancy where I'm not 100% sure how I feel. Um, Being pro-choice, of course, I have to say it's the woman's body, it's the woman's choice. But Late-term abortions are 1% of all abortions, like very, very small. On the other website, on um, the one I used for Pro-Life v. Pro-Choice, which was a pro-life website, um, I think it was 1.3% of all abortions take place um, after the 21-week mark. And I think it's just really important to remember that that is a very, very small amount. And in regards to late-term abortions, they usually only happen when it's a medical emergency. Like, I think when you get to a certain point in your pregnancy, you know if you're keeping it or not. So a late-term abortion typically isn't planned. It came as a surprise and it is a life or death emergency in regards to the mother and the fetus. Um, so I think that's super important to know, um, that yeah, late-term abortions should be talked about, but we have to think that they make up a very small number of all the abortions that take place. Um, and as we know, 93% occurred really early within the second trimester, before um, the 14th week mark. So, all abortions occur either in the first trimester or really early in the second or 93% of those abortions. Um, so, let's clear up some misconceptions about abortion really quickly and then I'm going to wrap this up. Up until week eight, the doctor won't even refer to the fetus as a fetus. Um, before week eight, as we talked about, the fetus is referred to as an embryo. So, The fetus is not referred medically as a baby until it is born. Um, And that really aligns with my beliefs on when a soul enters your body. I believe it happens when you are born into the external world. And medically, that is how it is. Like it's not, the baby is not referred to as a baby until it is born. It is referred to a fetus up until that baby is shoved out of a woman's vagina, like that is when it's a baby. These are the statistics about abortion that I used from that pro-life website, um, which I will link in the show notes. And they used a 2019 Gut Institute study 65.4 abortions happen before nine weeks. 17, uh, 14.7% of abortions happen at nine to 10 weeks. 8.2% of abortions happen at 11 to 12 weeks. And um, 12 weeks is, you know, the end of the first trimester. Uh, Well, technically week 13, but that's right at the end. 4.1 of abortions happen at 16 to 20 weeks. And then 1.3 of abortions happen after 21 weeks. Um... And again, I really have to point out here that a fetus medically, what they're thinking in the medical field is a fetus cannot feel pain until 24 weeks. So all but 1.3% of those abortions, that fetus cannot feel any pain and it's not aware of what's happening. It lacks the understanding and consciousness and awareness of what being murdered is and it doesn't feel pain and that is all of them except for the 1.3% that happen after 21 weeks and even then we still have to hit the 24-week mark for that fetus to feel pain. So it's really, really important to think about that when you think about abortion. Um, and those facts, those statistics from the pro-life group do line up with the facts from the CDC because 42.9% of abortions take place six weeks or before. Um, and then you got 654 of abortions happen before nine weeks. It's mainly in the very, very early stages of pregnancy when abortion happens. While you will get the 4.1% that happens in the second trimester and then the one3 that happens in the third kind of, because they overlap. But that's still a very, very small percent of when abortions actually happen. Um, And I think it's really important to know the fetal development uh, thoroughly so that when you are engaging in a conversation with a pro-lifer or um, you're engaging in conversation altogether, you can have the facts line up about how a fetus develops, and then what abortion actually in reality looks like in within American society. Um, I cannot stress this enough. Most of them happen before nine weeks, and ten weeks is when the heart is, quote unquote, fully developed because it's so complicated and so complex and confusing, uh, human development. We don't stop after we're born. We keep developing. But it's really, really important to know those facts uh, when going into conversations uh, regarding abortion and when trying to figure out where you stand in the pro-life, pro-choice debate. It definitely really opened my eyes to kind of, is there a time in, an, in a pregnancy where an abortion should be legal? Um, but again, I can't say no, because most of the abortions that happen late term are the ones that are medically needed, like they need to happen. Um So it's really, really important you guys to know this, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm reading uh, through my notes about late-term abortions, but I think I already said most of it. Yeah, I just basically say, like, late-term abortions are very rare, and I don't particularly love them. I don't particularly love abortions. Like, no one likes abortions. Um, But I love people choosing to do what's best for them. So if for some reason someone needs a late-term abortion, I'm not going to question it because that's not an easy decision to make, and it is not an easy thing to go through physically, emotionally, and mentally. So that was kind of... wrap-up thoughts on late-term abortions. I know at the end of this episode, I was kind of all over the place, uh, but yeah, very, very important to know, and I think everyone, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice for listening to this, um, and I really hope it clears up some misconceptions about abortion. Again, if you're looking for more on like the idea of potential the idea of humanness existence definitely go listen to my pro life v. pro choice um, one it's a lot longer than this one is going to be but it has really good information there about kind of the idea of consciousness and the idea of abortion i don't know i don't know i don't know how to explain it just a quick thing i did regret not saying in the pro life e pro choice one i think you know, there's that scientific law that says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So the external world tells humanity if we're doing things wrong and if we're doing things right through, you know, the increase of pain and suffering, um, that humanity has to go through. Um, so I feel like, you know, in in terms to God and in terms to religion and spirituality, if banning abortion was god's way and the right way to go about it about it we would see society benefit from that but we are seeing society very much not benefit from that on a variety of different aspects which again you can go back to pro-life v pro-choice and listen to those um But I did want to mention that because I think, you know, every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And the reaction that we're getting from our overturning of Roe v. Wade action is a lot of issues in the healthcare system, a lot of issues um, in infrastructure. It's going to be very disastrous. So if that was in accordance to God's will, then God doesn't want us to be doing good (laughs) because... that's not a good decision. Like, I'm sorry, if it was a good decision, all of humanity would benefit from it. And we're just not a lot of people are becoming very oppressed because of this decision. And I think we really need to look at it that way of like, our external world and, you know, earth, they'll tell us what we're doing. Um, And if it's right and wrong, and they'll show us what we do has consequences or it has benefits. And we're just going to be seeing a lot of consequences with overturning of Roe v. Wade. We already are. Um, So I implore you to think about that. The external world, we don't often listen to. And I think we need to start doing that a bit more because she's always going to tell us, What's the right decision? What's the wrong decision? And this, I'm sorry, just looking at all the negatives, they outweigh the positives. So this decision inherently has more negative impacts than positive impacts, and thus making it not the right decision in the laws of the universe and the laws of God, like. You know, good and bad are subjective, but right and wrong aren't. And um, there is a universal karmic right and wrong. I totally believe that. Whether you want to believe that's God, what do you, wh- whatever you want to believe that is. I believe it's the universe. I believe it's just um, an energy, a karmic energy in the world. And we're seeing our karmic consequences for this decision and we're going to keep seeing them until we fix it. And that is what this podcast is here to do is to kind of clear up misconceptions that um, are dividing us and hopefully bring in some new points of view that can bond us together and can make us into a collective who want to fight to better the world around us before bringing more children into it because like I said in pro life v pro choice every child deserves a childhood and right now the world that we have created for ourselves is very much a world that privileges the few and ignores the many and oppress the many so Most children are not going to get a childhood with this decision. And I think what we need to be doing is working to make the world a safer, happier, healthier place before we bring more children into it, especially in regards to the environment. Like y'all, if we're going to be pro-life, we got to be pro-life on all aspects and the environment is fucking dying. We cannot, this decision is going to bring in so many more people and we do not have the resources to handle that many people. Like we're already at 7.7 billion people and this earth cannot handle much more. So we need to be working to fixing, uh, we need to work on fixing our infrastructure, our healthcare, the world, earth, the environment, so we can all live a safe, happy, healthy life and children who are born are born to loving homes who will give them a childhood that's really just my rant on it. Um, I am going to wrap this episode up, but that was just kind of an extension to the pro lifey pro-choice, um, podcast. And I really hope you guys enjoy this kind of stuff. Let me know if it's helpful. Um, if you guys want to talk again, more about this, please shoot me a DM, just be respectful and polite. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I'm so willing to talk more about this. And if, you know, you're not sure what you believe, you're questioning it, text me. We can totally have a conversation about it in a respectful and polite way. Like, there's no need for negativity. This podcast is meant to bring people together, not divide people. And, you know, we're all just, we are all humans. So no matter the differences in our opinions and in our beliefs, we still have one very big similarity and that we are biologically human together. And I think we need to be focusing more on that when having these conversations instead of, you know, they're different from me because of their beliefs and their ideas. And it's like, no, like, yes, but we can learn from those differences because we are all inherently the same deep down. Um, And we are all here with different ideas and beliefs and opinions and strengths and challenges and blah, 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 blah. And that's really cool and really special. So there is, there's no need to be negative when engaging with another human being in conversation. We just have to both go into it with open minds and open hearts and just respect, you know, that was a whole word vomit rant, but it made sense to me. And I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at devon.riddle or at Unenlightened Podcast. Um, on TikTok, you can find me at Devon I am gonna be doing some TikToks coming up. I just I need to get um, a good a good video that I feel confident in, and then just post it and see what happens. Um, So yeah, TikTok, um, email and website coming soon um, at some point. And yeah, I'll link the Patreon below. I'll also link all the resources I used for this uh, podcast. If you guys are interested in learning about fetal development and abortion statistics, they will be in the show notes. So definitely go check those out. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I have some cool episodes coming up planned for the future and i'm loving this podcasting thing i love it i'm really hoping i can like use this for my um credit for school like i'll be like look how much i worked on it like please let me use this for my credit because i don't have time to get a job when i get back to exeter so you know what that's gonna be a future Devon problem like i'm not even gonna worry about it right now um but yeah thank you so much for listening again let me know if this was helpful and i'll see you guys next time (laughs) Okay, bye.